Welcome back to the podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Beloved, we got some new developments with the JMO situation. With the JMO holding a firearm in the strip club at 5:30 in the morning in Colorado situation, right? And some new updates. And it's some new language being thrown around with our brother situation, right? The new language is indefinitely. The new language is investigation, right? So many of us as black and brown people, we know that that word is no good in conjunction with devils and small hats investigation. That means it's not going to be good for us. And then the most interesting word I see came about out of this whole ordeal is help. He's going to get some help. He's seeking help. He's going to take a break to get some help. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, what kind of help is I'm trying to make it all make sense. Right. Because we know our brother been in some incidents. And just like I predicted Right, because I kind of understand the way that we were taught and we were trained. The thing that's going to come up the most is the NBA career. Look at our brother, he's blowing the NBA career. Look at this, he's letting these niggas he's hanging around mess up his potential NBA career. And beloved, I am over it. I don't even like to hear black athlete and the word NBA career following behind that or NFL career following behind that or major league baseball career following behind that because our people can do their own thing. They do not need the aid of a small hat and the devil. Once they got a name, they're an expert. They touch the meal. They don't need the people no more. So what we are taught beloved is that when you see small hats, and you see devils in rulership. The only way they are in rulership is through a process and a science called trichnology. Trichnology is the science of operating off of tricks, lies, and deceit. So in today's conversation, beloved, we're going to talk about it like this, right? We're going to kind of do it in three ways. We gonna put J-Mo on the table And then We gonna put LeBron James Our brother from Akron on the table right? And then Last but not least we're gonna close out The conversation with our brother From Michigan Floyd Money Mayweather The best to ever do it right? And that's how we're gonna have to You know we're gonna position it just like that J-Mo is good Right and then we're gonna Put LeBron is great, but we're going to ultimately put Floyd Mayweather as the best. Floyd is the best, and Floyd is the most feared man, him along with Al Heyman, in sports. And then ultimately, of course, we're going to tell you why. With our brother J Mo in a club, flashing a gun. A young black male with a gun, that's the image of criminality in America. That's the image. So typically what we do, we might pull out another athlete that had a gun. And you would notice, depending on his complexion, it's almost like it determines whether it's criminality or not. Because typically when they do it, it's just culture. So we point out the double standard. Damn, dog, you sitting in a nightclub, the owner ain't called in and complained. Nobody really complained. There was no nothing. There was no police calls. There was no reports. There was no nothing. But we know all of this would be brought up with the investigation. But, you know, the young guy, he's 23. He's not. He's just not there. I mean, he's nobody like caught him slipping. Like, you know, there wasn't like no creep in the side in the club with the, you know, with the firearm. And I mean, with the phone recording dude with the firearm. He recorded himself. So how they kind of work it. Which is, uh, I was, I'm already privy they're going to go this way though. You know, when you hear the Stephen A's and the Shannon Sharps of the world, 
I was listening to Shannon. Him, it's the uh, Shannon and Satan show they got. Oh, pardon me. Not Shannon and Satan. Shannon and Skip. But you can use Skip and the word Satan interchangeably, obviously, right? <laughs> but maybe that's a different story for a different day. And uh, our brother Shannon started talking about this is going on in the black community and that's going on in the black community. And then he brings up, look, the NBA career, $250 million. And then he goes to say, you know, he got a contract with Poway. He got a contract with Nike. And then that's his point of reference. Then he talks about J-Mo Partners. And then I kind of like noticed that everybody else is pretty much on that same song and dance. So I do want to say this. Shout out to our brother Jalen Rose from Detroit. Who said, no, I was 23. I kind of did the same thing. He'll be all right and left it alone. He didn't go no deep into it. He didn't look. This is what's going on in the city of Memphis. This is the homicide statistic. Now he ain't do. He's just like, hey, I was 23 with money from the city. <laughs> It'd be just like that. You know what I'm saying? But you grow out of that. Now, he left it there. See, the thing about Shannon is this, beloved. See, I predicted that podcasters and bloggers and vloggers and channel casters and radio casters, I predicted that they were going to say he's blowing it. He Look, he can make 100 million, 200 million, 300 million. Look, he's blowing it. And then the underlying tone behind it is, look, you got these niggas, get them niggas away from you. Stay away from these niggas, bro. These niggas ain't shit. Blah, 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 blah. Because you got a potential to make money. Not stay away from them just because you evolve it as a man, as a human. Stay away from them because they can impede your way of making money for your master. Which ultimately you can get some biscuits for yourself. I got a problem with that, beloved. I, I'm not with that. I'm not with that. See, when I see the situation at J-Mo, I always say this. The young black males over 30 avoid other black men like the plague because there's a level of poison in our young people's eyes. It's there. It, it's there. Now, with the right program, that poison can be removed. But this is why you could come to the west side of Detroit or the east side of Detroit. There's a homicide. Hey, man, what happened? You don't even know the guy. You guys are two from two totally different sides of the city. Oh. He looked at me wrong. That's the poison. Or you can go to the west side of Chicago. And then the south side of Chicago. And then two men to kill each other. And hey man, what happened? Y'all from two totally different sides of the town. How did y'all? Oh, he looked at me. See, that's the poison in the eyes. You from Fayetteville. You over there from Bragg Boulevard community. He from the Murgerson community. And then y'all kind of see that's how that worked. It's a poison in the eyes. See, you from Grape Street. He's from Rolling 60. See, and they can, just the look. It's poison in the eyes. So we on Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast, beloved, we encourage our people, hey man, especially the young males, you don't need no friends. Your single mom, raise your children without no homeboys. They got brothers and sisters, that's all they need. They don't need no homeboys because homeboys get you caught up in some shit. Unfortunately, this is part of the culture. So we want our young brother, J-Mo, to live according to his true nature of freedom, justice, and equality. Not because he can go shoot a ball for a small head and make some money for himself and his devil. Or I should say his devil and his master. Just period. And not only do we want that for J-Mo, we want that for all of J-Mo's partners. Man, your partners ain't trash. The original people of the planet Earth. But just because they don't have a skill that can make their master as much money as you can. See, see, niggas is in a hoish state in America. And we're gonna have to just put the real on the table. So let's talk about another term, right? Let me make let me do a pivot real quick. See, the financial system that we live by in America is called capitalism. And the people that operate fully in this system is called capitalist. So we have capitalism and capitalist. If you go and you just do like you research the word capitalism, 
is going to give you a word salad full of bullshit about what capitalism really means, about what a capitalist really is. But I'm gonna give you a definition because it's easy. I'm gonna give you a different definition that makes more sense. Capitalism means when a person or an entity own and control the land, the tools, and the resources, and they just use the labor to enrich themselves. That's all that is. And people that play by that rule is called capitalists. I'm going to say it one more time. Capitalism is when a person or an entity owns and controls the land, the tools, and the resources, and they just use your labor, your labor, your labor, your labor to enrich themselves, not to enrich you, to enrich them, right? And then how you get paid is how much you bring to the marketplace. This is how you get your biscuit. Depending on how many biscuits you get your master, this is how you get your biscuit. All right. See, in the Midwest, we understand that business dynamic because we call that something different. That's what we call pimping and hoeing. See, the pimp is the guy that owns and controls the land, the tools, and the resources. And he used hoes to enrich himself. So it's easy to, for us to figure out how the business model go in America from California to New York, from Michigan to Florida, and everywhere in between because it's pimping and hoeing. Now, this is what we understand about that process of pimping and hoeing which goes hand in hand with capitalism. The money is not there. There is absolutely no money. You have to generate the money. So the capitalists use the labor and the pimps use the hoes. But the most dangerous thing that can happen is the laborers figure out that they are the money. The most dangerous thing in pimping and horn is the hoe figure out what well, it's all on me. <laughs> no pun intended but she's the one making all the money when she figure out how to pimp herself when the laborers figure out how to pimp themselves that system of pimping and horn and capitalism will crash down now let's have a more let's have a real conversation about this because they you know jmo gonna mess it up he got these niggas from the neighborhood with him they gonna mess it up he need to get rid of them he need to do this he need to get rid of his own people Brother, I want J-Mo and all of his partners to live underneath their true nature of freedom, justice, and equality, right? But let, let's talk about some pepper and horn. Shannon Sharp says, J-Mo is in contract with Nike, and he is, with Power Aid, and he is, and then he's in contract with the Grizzlies, and he is, and then he say, you know, he's walking into $250 million in his next contract. All right. All right. This is what Shannon is not going to tell you. But we're going to tell you this because we understand capitalism and we understand pimping and horn. The Grizzlies don't have $250 million to give J-Mo. It's not there. The money is absolutely not there. They don't have it. Nope. They don't have it. Yep. They're going to get it. How are they going to get it? They're going to use J-Mo's likeness. His image and his influence to generate the money and then turn around and give him a piece out of the money that he totally generated by himself, by his name, by his likeness, by his skill set, by his influence. That's the process of pimping and horn. See, the pimp don't have no money. The pimp need the hole to go out there and generate the money. Because you see these bottom bitches, they live in the brothel, it's the nice house, the nice room. Uh, the 60-inch television, the bed is there, you know, the jacuzzi is there. They got uh, 30,000 outfits, the fancy handbags, they ride in Cadillacs all day. Yeah, yeah, but the hoe don't know. It's her work that create all of the, the pimp don't have it. See, the pimp has to rule over you through technology. He has to make you think he's doing so much. That means he got the game. You ain't got the game. He got the game. But if your mind is always focusing on being a hoe, black people, I'm talking to you, brown people, I'm talking to you. If your mind is constantly on being the hoe or your mind in capitalism is constantly being the labor, you're never going to have nothing. See, this is why they can set a double standard. See, this is why 
the so-called white folks, the small hats that run a society, you can do one thing and they'll criminalize it and they can do it in this culture. I, I can show you Brett Favre with a gun. It ain't going to mean nothing to you. I can show you your people with a gun with music playing in the back. And now this man ain't finna go kill no form of life. It's not going to happen. It didn't happen. But we can just, he needs to be, he needs some help. We got to go and do a deep investigation. If we go into NBA basketball court and they have a fight. See, that's criminality. But if I take you to the hockey ring, they, these motherfuckers knock, they, they knock each other teeth out. They punch each other eyes out. They empty the whole. See, it's culture when they do it. It's criminal when you do it. So to get an extra bag, because we're talking about the bag. It, to get an extra bag, NASCAR drivers can do a deal with the NRA because that's the culture. No NBA player on the planet that's black and brown can sit down with the NRA and do a deal because, nigga, that's criminality. It's not about the nigga holding a gun in the club. If he never had the gun in the club, he's going to be the representation of criminality anyway because he got the braids, he got the tattoos. So why are we acting like it's about the gun? It ain't about the gun for real. Well, Allen Iverson never got caught with a gun, but he had some gold chains on, he had cornrows, he had tattoos. That's criminality. So David Stern came back and made a dress code for the NBA. That's criminality. LeBron James, his whole quote unquote posse, as with Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson floated that word around the league. Ain't nobody say nothing. He floated that word around the league every time he brought it to the He said, Yeah, LeBron and his posse, LeBron and his posse. But we see them today. Rich, Maverick, these are the guys he's still with. They just, their business got, but at, that was like, that's a cold word. You didn't catch it. That was a dog whistle. Yeah, it's posse. So if you kind of peep how it works, when the Mannings go from place to place, when the white athletes go place to place, it's family. When niggas do it, it's an entourage. Oh, it's his entourage. What do you mean it's entourage? Goddamn, Kevin Love had 10. Kevin Love got 10 niggas at the game with him too. Oh, that's family and friends. This is Kevin Love. Look, look at Kevin Love. Family and friends. J-Mo do it. This nigga got an entourage. These hood niggas, they need to go back to. Okay, but maybe all that is a different story for different day. Maybe all that is a different story for different day. The reason why they can bring about this criminality aspect on you because you don't own shit. So because you don't own shit, the whole village is they, it's in a slave-minded state. They're in a slave-minded state, and they saying, man, for you to get what you got to get, black man, you got to play according to those rules, and you do. You got to play according to that game, and you do. And what I'm saying, beloved, is like, yo, once you got a name, and you an expert, and you touch the million, you don't need the devil no more. You know, you don't, J-Mo, you don't have to play to their rules no more. You can still make 100 million, 200, 300 million. You can do it by yourself. Don't you know, J-Mo, you can make your own basketball league? See, they're not going to say that. Because hoes don't know how to think outside of the box. Hoes don't, they can't see a life outside of their pimp. They don't have the game. LeBron James, in his greatness, our brother did everything right. Our brother did everything right. But you know what's interesting about our brother LeBron, though? He did something to our youth mentally is going to go into their subconscious that he shouldn't have, he kind of shouldn't have did. The man is grown. He could do what he wants. We just talking. This is barbershop talk. We were always taught about money at an early age. And we looked at certain points of money as independence. We never knew it was our influence that was generating the money. Deion Sanders, ironically, in the same state, Colorado. He just got a job at Colorado, right? After they signed him, look, the administration came out and said, we didn't even have the money to give Deion. So what they did, they signed Deion. Now they're going to use Deion's likeness, his image, his personality, his influence to generate the money to pay everybody in the college and now him. The money wasn't there before. The money wasn't there before. There is no $100 million or $200 million to pay J-Mo. The money is not there. 
they're going to use him to generate the money to give it back to him. What I'm saying, beloved, is that he can do it himself. But what they did is they gave young athletes LeBron James because that took a number from us. See, the number that we grew up as a child is if we just make a million dollars, we ain't got to work no more. If we just make a million, if we be a millionaire, man, we ain't got to do shit for these people no more. That number jumped to 50 million. Then the 50 million dollar number jumped to 100 million. Man, if we just get 50 million. Man, if we just get the 100 million, we ain't got to never do nothing for these fucking people no more. We can do our own thing with 100 million. That is financial freedom. Then they came back out. And LeBron James is a billionaire, beloved. One billion dollars. He's worth a billion dollars. He's still running up and down the court, bro. Nobody sees nothing wrong with that. Mr. Muhammad came amongst us and he's, he gave us some mighty words of wisdom. He said, listen. He said, listen, beloved. Um, a man that makes $24,000 in his own business is more powerful than a black man that get a $100,000 check from his enemy. It's more important that you work for yourself. You can control your own destiny. That's one bullet point. Okay. Mr. Muhammad also said, hey, if you're going to get a job, take the job, work the job. He said, but get amongst and create a relationship with six to eight people at that job. Pull your resources together and that way you can leave that job and do it yourself. That's number two. All right. And I'm going to give a third point. Mr. Muhammad also said this. <laughs> a good education would not allow you to build wealth for your teacher's storehouse, for your slave master's storehouse. If you always find yourself working and you're making money for him and you can't get out on your own, that is a poor education. I'm going to say it again. J-Mo, they don't have the 200 to 300 million dollars to give you. It's not there. We understand capitalism. All he got is the land, the tools and the resources. He need your labor to make it all happen. The pimp in the hoeing game. The pimp don't have nothing. The pimp need your labor to have something. You learn how to hold for yourself. You learn how to take that labor and pull six to eight people and pull away yourself. You don't need your master no more. That's the thing I think our brother LeBron James did. Now, a win for us is letting his children play on their former slave master's children platform. You don't think LeBron James, because this brother is a, he's an interesting brother. I, I dig him. He's a walking accolade. You know what I'm saying? That's our brother. Beloved, we watch LeBron get on the phone, go down to Miami, pick up the phone, make some calls, get some players to come down there and play with him. Go back to Cleveland, get on the phone, make some calls, get some players to come out there and play with him. Go to LA, get on the phone. You know what I mean? Make some players come out there and play with him. All right. You don't think our brother, LeBron James, can go back to Cleveland, rent out the arena for the summer. What is the summer? Uh, 12 weeks? How long is the summer? 12 weeks? Eight weeks? Let's do eight. For good measure. Let's just do eight weeks, right? You don't think our brother can lease out the arena for the summer dates? host games on Friday and Saturday, pick up the phone, call some current NBA players or some ex-NBA players, and then he can just, again, lease out the arena and then host a basketball game? You don't think he can do that to make money? You don't think he can do that? Of course he can do that. That's why some of these wicked small hat owners, what they do is they put a clause in that you can't play unless you're playing on the NBA's platform. Because they kind of peeped something. When Michael Jordan was playing, see, he had the love of the game clause in his contract. I think Kobe had the same thing, too. And when they would go to the Ruckus, and Michael Jordan used to throw those summer camps and those summer leagues in Chicago, thousands of people would show up. 
he just get the arena, go in there and just play ball. And everybody is thousands of people that's showing up, watching Mike play. He didn't need the NBA to do that. He don't need an owner to do that. He could do it by himself. See, now we have technology. We're making J-Mo trying because I'm just listening to the hoes. <laughs> I don't know no way to say it. Maybe I should say the laborers, the hoes. I'm listening to the, the, the how niggas, the Stephen A's of the world. This the uh Shannon and when they start talking about money, it, it's such like a, a, a house nigga kind of mentality where you gotta get next to your master to get this money. But they don't that's not the rule of capitalism. Capitalism doesn't say that. Uh-uh, it doesn't, that's not how capitalism works. That's not how that works. There is no money there. The laborers produce the why do you fucking think niggas go on strike, bro? When a motherfucker want to tear their owner down, why the fuck you think they going to strike? <laughs> did, did the owners just keep on, how's it going to keep on making some money? How's it keep, no, it, there is no money. When the laborers sit their ass down, there is no money. Now, let's go back to the point. Don't you know, beloved, these NBA owners, they don't fucking own those arenas. That's technology. They make y'all niggas think they own. They don't own them arenas. You know who own many of these arenas in the city that these teams play at? The city owns the, the city owns the arena. The city typically owns the arenas in these what well, places with these. Come on, man. These folks ain't got no bread. They ain't just buying the arenas like that. Now, what they will do, because Steve Ballmer doing something very interesting. See, when Steve Ballmer took over the Clippers, when Donald Sterling sold the team. For lack of a better term, he just sold 12 niggas on a piece of paper. He didn't own the arena. That wasn't his. They leased the arena out. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Trace Pistons, they spend, I think, I want to say $300,000 a year to lease out that arena for, for the NBA season. They do the contract for so many years, $300,000, they lease it out. So everything after that is private. That's how they get so rich. Okay. Once that Steve Ballmer, let's go back to L.A. When Steve Ballmer took bought over the, the quote unquote team, which is about 15, about 12 niggas on a piece of paper, a GM, a, well, he got he gonna bring his own in. But that's just the players, they're all locked in a contract. They gotta be here for three years, this guy, four years, this guy, blah, blah, blah. So that's they use that as leverage to go get other money from other. Look, you got 12 people locked up, three of them and two of them are uh, superstars, three of them are superstars. That's leverage, that's influence. You use that to go get other monies because they they're going to bring a certain amount of people in and a certain amount of people you're going to charge this amount of tickets so all of this is like you're going to get a big lump sum of credit for this it, the players bring they, they bring in the money all right now steve Barmer is building a stadium now what do you think he got the money from <laughs> they want to see Kawhi. they want to see george this is how you can bring in the money. Oh, I got their likeness, the influence. Come on now, I got the image. And I'm gonna use that as leverage to generate money to build a brand new three, four, five hundred million dollar arena. Now, what if Kawhi Leonard and George say, you know what? We're gonna lease an arena ourselves. We're gonna call it the Paul George. Come on now, let's talk now. Can we can we just play make believe for a minute? See, without a vision, a people perish. You ain't living your vision, black man and black woman. Black entertainer, black athlete. You ain't living your vision. You live in their vision. See, you on the court, you're raising more laborers. You're raising more hoes. They're raising more bosses. They're raising more masters. See, that's the that's the game that they get in. But you're free. But look who got the... You, you see what I'm saying? You don't think Paul George can go out there in LA and say the Paul George Basketball or Paul George Summer Basketball League, he can rent an arena out and then he can call a couple of guys and they just promote it on Twitter, on Instagram, on wherever. And they go, you don't think they can get 25,000, 30,000 people? You don't think they can sell the tickets and they can split the money at the end of the day? You don't think they can do that? The rappers do it. You don't think they can do it? Now, let's take a pivot. Let's talk about the best. I want to talk about Floyd Money Mayweather. I want to talk about a gentleman named Al Heyman. 
And I want to talk about how they are the two most dangerous black men in entertainment. Dangerous. Because your enemy don't want you around them, talking to them, hanging around them, having conversations with them because their situation may get a little different. See, your masters, see, your pimp don't want you around a former hoe that learned how to pimp herself. See, y'all running to each other in the avenue. Hey, how things going on? Two hoes talking to each other. And they'll all say, no, nah, I don't work for daddy no more. I went and got my OnlyFans page. You know what I mean? I went and got my own this. I went and got my own that. I don't, and I just keep all the money for my... Shit, she thinking, says, shit, she sucking on all the dick. Huh? She taking all the face shots. She taking all the angels. Why the fuck I'm splitting the money with you? Look, how's the porn industry? A billion dollar business. And you can't even find multiple women that's millionaires from that game. How does that happen? Easy. That happens through process we call technology. He's showing up, making it look like he's doing so much. But the women is the ones that's making all the money in that game. There is no different, beloved, than the porn industry and the NBA industry and the Hollywood industry. Because it's all the same group of people that's running the same thing. There is no money. It's capitalism. There is no hundred million. Shannon Sharp up there talking about some he gonna ruin the deal with the NBA and uh, Power Aid and Nike and I'm like god damn brother you don't see that as a problem you don't see black men using their talent their spirit of influence that's on them in them and around them to build money for their open enemy brother you don't see nothing no you can't see nothing wrong with that that's why they put you there you fucking think they put me on that seat Man, as soon as a goddamn, I'm a special guest on that goddamn show. Soon they put the that, hey, we got a special guest, Big VJ. Goddamn Satan would have been talking, or Skip, right? And then you got our brother, Shannon would have been talking. And they'd say, what you think about the uh, J-Mo situation? I'm like, listen, I just want the brother to live in his true nature, of freedom, justice, and equality. Not only him, I want to see all of him and all his partners, they rise up to a very high level. I want to see their growth and development as men, you know what I'm saying? So they can be strong for their tribe and their village. And then number two, I would like to see J-Mo go out on his own, start his own league. They're like, what? Cut the, get this nigga out of here. <laughs> hey, look, you've been watching First Take. You've been watching ESPN for fucking years. Have you ever seen any commentator, anybody just say, damn, it'll sure be dope if the players just went out and got their own league. It'll be real dope. I want to see a, a league ran by players. They never say that. You think they can say that? Brother, you know they can't say that. Sister, you know they can't say that. Why can't they say that? Why does Stephen A still sitting up there? Why he don't have his own show and just do his own thing and just keep it like that? Why do he feel the need to always come back? Because they love to be hoes. Shannon got the name that got the money. He's a Hall of Famer. Why he's sitting up across from a fucking nobody? Nobody understands. Like, yeah, you ain't going to just get your own thing. Why you ain't just going to get your own thing? Why come to see your, uh, look, the CEO of ESPN and all these presidents of sports, they ain't never fucking played sports before. They don't know shit. Oh, they're using you to enrich themselves. Let's talk about Floyd Mayweather. How about that? Let me go back to Floyd. Let's go back to Al Heyman, right? Let's talk about that. Um, Our brother, Al Heyman, is a Harvard graduate. You see what I mean? Our brother, Floyd, he is the best boxer I have ever Just me now. He is the best boxer I think I ever laid eyes on, beloved. I never seen nothing like that before. Defense, offense. Uh, he don't take no punishment. I never seen nobody like Floyd. And Floyd is in my top five. He's number one. My boxing top five go like this. Floyd, number one. Um, Lennox Lewis from Limey Land, number two. A lot of people don't like Lewis, but uh, I mean, he had the jab. You couldn't, you couldn't get out the fucking way of the jab. He couldn't be beat. Everybody that wanted to beat him couldn't beat him. So he just won me over. I couldn't. What can you do? He couldn't be beat. He come out of Crunk Gym. He trained, uh, he trained in the city. You know what I'm saying? Emmanuel Stewart was a straight. I mean, it's what it is. So 
Floyd number one, Lynch Lewis number two, Oscar De La Hoya number three from LA. Oscar dominated in the 90s, man. It was some weird shit. He took over HBO. Uh, it was Mike Tyson like in the late 80s, early 90s, but it was goddamn Oscar De La Hoya all the goddamn 90s. You know what I'm talking about? It couldn't be beat. <laughs> our, our brown brother from LA couldn't be beat. Then you got uh, number four, I got Tommy the Hitman Hearns. Obviously, he from the city. And then number five, I got a boxer named Chavez come out of mexico he, he whooped everybody ass he he lost a couple of times but man that he couldn't he whooped everybody ass he beat pernell and my uncles and my pops them to this day they be pissed at that they think it's some funny shit with that but it's what it is all right floyd along with the rest of those fighters and pretty much all fighters the way boxing was operated and ran in control it was uh wicked irish wicked italians and Wicked Small Hats, they ran that industry, right? They ran that sports. And um, there was a man that came amongst us and he kind of broke the mold. Elijah was first. And then he kind of got out the game. And then it was Don King. And then it was another guy, Al Heyman. Al met Floyd Money Mayweather. You know what I mean? And when he met Floyd, he was like, he couldn't figure it out. He's like, well, Floyd, you know, you're fighting for a small hat. The boss of... of uh, Mayweather was a, a a devil named Bob Aaron. So he's like, you fighting for Bob. I'm trying to figure out like why. I don't get it. You got the Floyd it does make what he does, you can do. You can do it for yourself. Floyd said he couldn't do it for himself. He said, No, man, when I go fight, it's 25, 30,000 people there. I mean, goddamn Bob got the arena, the popcorn people, the peanut people, you know, he got all the the dressing rooms locked up, figured out. He got, I mean, he just does it all. All I had to do. Al just come in and fight and I get two or three million dollars and this and then the third and I'm fine. And I said, no, 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 brother, you can you can do that yourself, you know. And then I'm just going to paraphrase. This is the blueprint that Al Heyman go by. You know what I mean? He like Floyd. It's your name. It's your influence that break. It's your name that they put when they put it in the front of the fight arena. They say Mayweather verse. They don't give a fuck who you fight, Floyd. They're coming to see you. Everything you think he do, you can do. It's his job through technology. He's a small head to make you think you can't do what he's doing. He's doing some special shit in the background somewhere. He's off doing some some overthinkingly, uh, highly intelligent, intellectual kind of shit. He's not. He got all these propped up fake ass business people around to make you think he's doing something special. Man, you don't need that. You and Pookie them from the hood can throw this together. This don't take nothing special to do this. Floyd, you can do this yourself. At this time now, in the sport of boxing, Floyd Money Mayweather is about his 12th or 13th year because he's a 20-year fighter. About his 12th or 13th year, he made something total right amongst, like right around the, the tune of $30 million. All right. And Floyd lasts six to seven fights. In six to seven years in the sport, he made $970 million. Now, let's pause. <laughs> let's pause and let's marinate on that. Underneath the aid, the God, and the tutelage of a small hat. The same boxer, he called himself Pretty Boy Floyd. He fought for 13 years for a guy. He made total about $30 million and some change. Total. Out of all the fights. He fought about six or seven fights on his own. With his brother. He made like $970 million. That's why Floyd is a billion dollar athlete. Now. What changed? Nothing changed. He still was an athlete. He met a man that seen more in him than he seen in himself. He knew because Al know the numbers. Al went to Harvard and Al already fucked up the R&B world. Al Heyman already fucked up the hip hop world because he taught those brothers how to get torn money. Because what we were used to seeing was uh, entertainers as far as the musical world concerned sell all these goddamn records and die broke. That's what we used to see. But guess who their handlers was? Just take a guess. <laughs> Cause I don't wanna, I don't want nobody to think I'm just running wild on small. Just take a guess. Who was, who was all your greatest? Your old? You go back to these seventy classics, these sixty classics, these early eighties classics, and you just had all these great singers, all these great hit records that we live by to this day. 
And we just think to ourselves, they died broke. How? How did they die broke? They stayed torn on show. They called it the Chitlin Circuit at the time, but they died broke. Who was handling their careers? Who was handling their money? It wasn't you. But when you taught your people, Al fucked up hip hop. Al, Al fucked up R&B. He taught the young people, and it, it's a trickle down effect. Because now, when you see these young artists rapping, man, they got money phones. The money is so big, goddamn it, it's on the phone. They put it on the ears. Now the young people with the money, <laughs> they put the hundred. They get the hundred so stacked up, they put it on the ears. They know how to do shows. They know how to put it together. They know how to hang out and do networking with the promoters. They know they know the term back end now. See, they knew they, they knew about the money off this, but they didn't know. Now it's a new phrase. I, I get the back end too. See, somebody taught them that. The enemy didn't teach them that. The enemy wouldn't their their pimp. Let me say it that way. Their pimp, their uh, their capitalist boss never would have taught them that. It was a man that looked like them. That you can do this by yourself. It's not that difficult to do that shit. They you can do that by yourself. Now. That's why Floyd is dangerous. Because Floyd fucked up boxing for the Irish, for the Italians, for the small hats. The new boxer on the scene is a brother named Javante Davis from Baltimore. Who do you think he fight for? He fought with Floyd. He left Floyd. He fight for himself. Earl, coming out of Texas, he fight for himself. The Charlo brothers, coming out of Texas... They fight for themselves. See, there's no more. They promote themselves now. They lease out the... What is? How hard is it to lease out the venue? The rapper's been doing it. But some... I say all that to say this. I say all that to say this. J-Mo, you don't need the NBA. You don't. You don't even need them no more. You ran up that check on your first contract. You don't even need to make 200 million. Don't even need them. They need you to make the 200 million. You do not need them. Uh Uh-uh. You can lease out the arena yourself. You can call and network with six to eight players. You can get everybody on the phone. You from Memphis. You can call up one of the rappers, goddamn. You can lease out an arena, 40, 50,000 seater, any way you choose, because everybody on the planet knows who you is, young brother. You can call up some partners. Y'all can go out there and run a pickup game and have some referees and everything like that and You'll make money off the tickets. You'll make money off the parking. You can network from people from Memphis, those that the small uh, entrepreneurs are the large ones, and you can have them bring their venues to the arena. And you know, you know how they got the nacho booth. And uh, man, y'all can fuck the nacho booth, but y'all can go out there to that arena. Y'all can start selling shea butter out there. Hmm? Other rap artists can produce their own. I want you to walk with me. First, I got to ask you this. Do you remember when you in any arena, you go around, they always have the cutouts that's there for typically food or for somebody to sell something, right? Again, I think the number that the Pistons do is 300000 a year. You know what I mean? Now, just think if you don't need the arena for the whole year. And let's think that we begin to network our entertainers, hip-hop, and basketball, and others. And I can honestly see, in the spiritual world, I can see LeBron James Basketball League. I can see LeBron James Cleveland Basketball League in Cleveland. And it can run through the summer. It can start small. And then it can it can pretty much build up to a, a steam that it can rival the NBA. They don't have to go all over the place. Bring the people there. I can see a J-Mo Memphis Basketball League. I can see it. And I can see them expanding, starting off in Cleveland, starting off in Memphis, then bridging to Atlanta. I can see it. I can see it. Coming down to Birmingham, I can see it. Especially Birmingham. Especially places that's not uh, privy to seeing NBA players on a regular. And then... The whole village to come out and support. That's what Deion Sanders, that's one thing he gave when he was down at Jackson. He said, man, 
He said, you know, that was something for me and my children to see. He said, they beat that damn 30, 40,000 people coming out to the game. <laughs> you know, that HBCU life is different. You know what I'm saying? I went to I went to an FSU game out there in Fayetteville. You know what I'm saying? I've been down to a Hornets game down in, you know, in the go. You know, that shit is real like that. <laughs> that shit is real. Them HBCU games is real. The, the whole village is there. We don't need we don't need our former slave masters to do that no more. We don't need them to do that. But let's just go back. Let's just play make believe with me. I want y'all guys just to hang out. Let's just play. Let's play vision leave. I don't want to say make believe. Vision. Let's let's work on the vision. If we write down 2023 on a piece of paper, and then right next to 2023, we write down. I want to say 2093. What do you think if we start a league now, where to be in 2093? See, I know what they taught you. They don't talk to you to think down the line. Instant gratification. So you see the NBA now, right? It wasn't always like that. It took decades and decades and decades to get it that way. So if you start your league now, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, J-Mo, Shaq, Allen Iverson, you start your league now. What do you think it'll be in 2093? You, you'll be gone. You won't be able to see it, but your kids will. Your grandkids will. Do you think you have to worry about jobs the way that you do now if you start your own thing? Do you think? Do you think? Of course not. Do you think that you'll have problems? That'll be a beautiful sight. You think you have problems? I don't see it. That'd be a beautiful sight to see J-Mo Basketball League in Memphis. He rented out the arena. And he got the rappers there. He got good security there. He got a bunch of vendors from our village that typically works at flea markets. They got their own businesses. Everybody's there networking. It's a family event. They fear that. Beloved, they fear that. Jay, you can make the $100 million. See, they betting on you. To make enough money off you to pay everybody and you the 200 million over five or six years. That's how much they believe in you. The real question is going to have to be, well, shit, how much you believe in yourself? No, they don't want you to change that circle. They want you to keep that same circle you got. Because they don't want you around people like Al Heyman. Look, I, I just want to go to a formula and then we're going to close out. You got to really think to yourself. Because only black people go for some shit like this. Black and brown people fall for shit like this all the time. Normally how it works in the in the world of capitalism, how it normally works as capitalists is a person get out of college or trade school, tech school, high school, right? They get a job and the job they typically get, they, you know, entry level, they're going to start as a beginner. So they get that beginner skilled set information. Then they go to intermediate, like middle management, right? And then once they kind of into that middle management arena, okay. They learn a little bit more skills and then they go from that to expert. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a rule of thumb in the rule of capitalism. It's like a rule of thumb and the rule of thumb is kind of like, um, and I kind of say like, this is how Al Heyman kind of bridge it to. Once you have a name, you an expert, you touch the million, you don't need a boss. That's the code for you need to be your own boss. And if you take every profession and you go down the line, you kind of see it works that way. The guy comes out of medical school. He starts off as a beginner, intermediate. He becomes an expert. But once that doctor get a name, he touched a million in his career. He like, yo, <laughs> what the fuck I'm doing sitting around in the hospital? He go get his own private practice. That's capitalism. The doctors do it. The carpenters do it. The electricians do it. The lawyers do it. Yeah, he come right out of law school. He may not know much. He just, he at the bottom of the barrel. He might have tote the files around and stay up all night, read the bullshit. That's okay because once he get a good name and he's an expert, he touched the million. He's out of there. The fuck, he's going to, he's going to get his own firm. There's no fucking 30 years. I've been at this firm 30 years. Like he's, if you don't know nothing about the, uh, <laughs> if you don't know nothing about law if you ever go into a fucking practice and the dude is just he's he's been there for 10 and 15 years underneath somebody else he's the lackey don't work that way 
Not in law. No, the guy that's the expert got a good name, touched a million. He got his own law firm. The guy that's the barber in the neighborhood that got his own name. He built the name. He's an expert. Not just a million is a stretch. But if he touched six figures, he's fucking out of there. Like, man, I can start my own barbershop. I don't need to be in any small That's how everything works in capitalism, bro. The fucking cook that can cook good. He gets a good name. He gets some good reviews. He touched a certain amount of money. He's an expert. He's out of there. He Next thing you know, the dude got his own thing. Man, nah, I ain't cooking for them cocksuckers no more. I'm not here. I'm doing my own thing. Only in black entertainment, especially fucking sports. They trap the fucking term NBA career. That's like a goddamn NBA. Fuck your career. Fuck your NBA. We can get our own thing. Motherfucker, we don't need you. I'm an expert. I got a name. I touched the meal. I can fucking, I don't need you. It's a disconnect when it comes there. Because who they surround you with is a bunch of house niggas. Bunch of hoes. Just some whole-minded niggas. They, they give they give whole-minded niggas a good, you know, and then that's how they keep you there. You don't want your own shit. You don't fucking think, and I'm going to just leave you with this. You don't think Magic Johnson could have started his own basketball league? And put it in LA and had and started off with 20 games a season, 25 games, 30 games. Look what Ice Cube doing. Not Ice Cube, because Ice Cube, he's a brilliant guy. He got a small head, he got to get out of his circle, but he's a brilliant guy. I'm gonna do you one bet. Let's say uh the Harlem Globe Trotters. I'm talking the current ones that's running around this year. Look how they operate. They selling tickets, goddamn $20, all the way up to like $100. We don't even know these motherfuckers. But they got enough organization to go to city, to city, to city, and they making money. People are going to see that bullshit. Come on now, for real now. They going to see this shit. They they know how to call up, rent the arena, come do a show, go to the next city, rent the arena. You don't think our people can do that with a name, with a big-ass name already that's an expert that touched a million already? You don't think we can? Of course we can do it. Your pimp just choose not to give you the game to do it. And it's not his job to do it. But beloved, we in nation building. Have you seen a bunch of employees build a nation? (laughs) You see the nation built by hoes? Bosses. Leaders. Guys. So black man, black woman, take your rightful spot. Take your spot. Big mama told us how to pray. Big mama said, Thy kingdom come. Is that not right? Is that not how Big Mama told us to pray? Thy kingdom come. The kingdom is coming. You blocking it. You running it be. You want to stay on the plantation? You you don't have to be on the plantation no more. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening, beloved. This is your brother VJ, man. I'm going to get it with you guys later. Peace. Peace.